Welcome to Nourish. I am Michelle Fox, culinary nutritionist, health coach, and your host for this podcast. I teach busy professionals how to get more nutrition in their bodies and how to have more fun in their home kitchens. If you struggle with consistency or sometimes forget to make your needs a priority, you, my friend, are in the right place. Join me each week for inspiration to increase your energy, strengthen your mindset, manage your hormonal woes, and so much more. You have a lot on your plate, but that does not mean your nutrition should suffer. You deserve to live in a body and have a life that you love. So let's dig in. We are here today with somebody I greatly admire. Oh my goodness. At the beginning of my full-time entrepreneurial journey, I was blessed to find my, well, as my husband would call her, my coach Wolf. He's always like, how's coach Wolf? Or (laughs) it's Tuesday morning. So tell coach Wolf I said hi. And so with that said, we are talking to Liz Wolf. She is the business coach for entrepreneurs. And I have no doubt this conversation is about to heal both of us, you, the listener, and me, one of Liz's clients. And so before we get into the juicy goodness, I want to read her bio to you so you know who we have on the show today. So Liz Wolf is a business coach, author, and speaker who coaches entrepreneurs to get unstuck. And I'm going to read that one again because... Now you'll know why and how I found her. So she coaches entrepreneurs to get unstuck so that they can launch and grow an abundant business. She got her entrepreneurial start growing up on a sheep farm in Western Pennsylvania with her mother and two sisters. Later, she moved to New York City, where she created a successful computer consulting business with her husband, John. Eventually, she transitioned out of the technology business to coaching business owners to develop an abundance mindset. She recently published a book, The Power of Asking, How Your Reluctance to Ask Puts Your Business at Risk. So Liz, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michelle. I'm so excited to be here with you. Such Mm. great energy. I just love working with you. So thank you for inviting me. My pleasure. I'm just excited that you said yes, that I can share some of your wisdom with my friends, family, community. So, so excited to dig in. But before we get to the good stuff, let's do some fun stuff. May I invite you to play a rapid fire game with me? Absolutely. I'm I'm very excited. (laughs) Can't wait. Go, go. (laughs) All right. So, yes, that's right. I like it. Rapid. So when I say sweet, salty, or savory, when I when you say sweet, salty, or savory, I think about popcorn, Indiana popcorn with the chocolate slash caramel slash salty thing. But what that makes me think of after that is how that's our snack of choice when I'm doing movie night with my family, which is harder and harder 
when now that they're 19 and 22 to find a movie that we all want to watch since it's no longer just The Incredibles. And so I get a nice warm feeling from that. Mm. Yeah. Nobody's ever taken that in that direction before. That, that, <laughs> that truly got my heart. I know this was supposed to be rapid, but I'm like, thank you for sharing that story. And I think part of that is because now that I have teenagers, very similar, we almost never can find a movie that we can all five agree on. <laughs> but the imagery of your yummy chocolate popcorn, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, that sounds like a, an amazing memory. <laughs> Yum. So because I know you are a businesswoman who coaches other businesswomen and men, I believe, when I say inbox zero or inbox 10,000, which one? Okay, I'm inbox like 90. Actually, I did a blog about this recently where the the whole idea of inbox zero is awesome. The thing is, is that when you send emails, you get emails. And so it's very hard to maintain. So it feels challenging. But I've also decided that I'm not going to answer the email that I got in 2019. I, if I didn't answer it by 2023, I'm probably not going to answer it. No ever so <laughs> and there is some coach Liz coaching right there <laughs> all right one of your favorite childhood memories in the kitchen baking bread baking bread I'm a good bake bread baker and the reason for that is because on the farm as you mentioned in my bio is our entrepreneurial start so one of the things we did was we made food products that we would take to not like farmers markets. And so I had homemade bread basically my entire life because once you make homemade bread, you're not going to go back to making getting wonder bread or whatever. My mother was like, no, we're not doing that. So not only do we make bread to sell, but we could just make bread. And there's a wonderful bread recipe in the New York Times cookbook for Cuban bread. It's very simple, very easy. The only thing is it needs to be warm. You know, it needs to be, uh, uh, which is a little tough. Like can't do it in the winter in New York City because my house is big and it's cold. Anyway, Cuban bread, New York Times recipe. And I spent many, many hours making, kneading bread. And I miss that actually. Thank you for reminding me about that. Hmm, how special. And of course, the nutritionist in me is wondering, oh, I wonder if we can make that Cuban bread gluten-free. I wonder mm. that too, because <laughs> I know that you're about gluten-free and I, I, it's not a personal thing for me to do gluten-free, but certainly would be healthier. And, and by the way, just so we know, there was a lot of whole wheat, you know, we were very crunchy granola people, you know, my sister likes to tell this funny story about how when it was her birthday and we had a lot of, we had like these wonderful college student people staying with us. And then they made the chocolate cake, but it was like, you know, the gluten-free whole wheat, rye, flour, whatever. It was like the whole thing where it was, you know, it was this flat, you know, you imagine this big, puffy, beautiful cake, but it was this, you know, very flat cake because they didn't really know how to do it. So <laughs> Yes, I have there, been. There have to be better cake recipes than the one they come up with at that point. Well, I was going to say, I've been gluten-free a little over 20 years now. And the 
chocolate cakes I was making 20 years ago, very different than the chocolate yeah. cakes I make today. So yes, the, the information is definitely growing with the times. Thank goodness. Yeah, we, we could <laughs> use that. We didn't have that. Mm. Well, that is an awesome lead in when we're talking about food. And I know you and I actually both share a passion for money and a passion for other people to have money. I want to dig into a conversation about the intersection of money and health. Mm -hmm. So just to start with, like when I say those two words together, what comes up for you? Well, you know, the saying how you do anything is how you do everything. And if you haven't heard that before, now you have. So how you do anything is how you do everything. So there, I I believe there's a way in which we interact in an unhealthy way with both money and food in this, well, I deserve it kind of a way. Like I got to, I want to, I worked hard, so I deserve to buy this thing or eat this thing. So there's this way in which almost like we're a little defiant, you know, like, ah, and it may be to our detriment to do it. Like I know, I listen, I know I'm not supposed to eat the fourth cookie or whatever it is, or do I really need a third guitar? I mean, I'm literally right now in the middle of negotiating with somebody who's never even played the guitar. I'm like, am I, do I really need, I already have two guitars. Do I really need a third one? So there's a way in which we we're like, well, I deserve it. Or I can, I worked hard with this money. I can spend it how I want. And I think I'm imagining, and you could tell me because you're more on the food side, like there's a certain amount of, well, I already exercised today. Maybe I should, maybe I'm, I'm good to eat the second cookie or whatever. And I know it's not just about sweets, right? It's about healthy habits. Well, and I call that the teenaged rebel mind. It's like, as soon as you tell me I can't have something, well, that's gosh, darn it. That's the exact thing I want. So <laughs> if you say, Michelle, you can't have gluten-free chocolate chip cookies today. I'll be like, Oh, really? Let's see about that. <laughs> and so I wonder what that trigger is though. Like mm-hmm. I can tell you, I absolutely believe in affirmations and I absolutely believe in positive thought, but I don't think that's enough. Cause I think a lot of us, especially, you know, my listeners, most of us are over 40 female. We have a lot going on in our lives and we have a lot of wisdom that has come up and with us along the way. And so we've kind of, we know the affirmations, we know what we're supposed to be doing, but do you have any theories or thoughts about why we don't always do the things that we know we're supposed to be doing? Yeah. Well, probably because we're supposed to be doing them. And as you said, our teenage rebel mind says, well, wait, what if I don't want to do that? But I wrote down when you were speaking, so I would remember short-term versus long-term. And the short, there's a short-term enjoyment that we have that occurs or a, or a satisfaction or a way in which we're, we're satisfying something in this moment. Like it feels good that we're not always taking into consideration the longer term. It's much harder to feel satisfied with something that didn't happen yet. So, right. So that could be a practice. Like, how do I stay, how do I stay satisfied? How do I convince myself I will be happier 
with just two guitars or I will be happier if I if I don't because again thinking about food and look you know I'm I'm a woman in my 50s and you know we all have our ways in which we've foods we love and foods we kind of know we shouldn't eat. And my, probably my biggest vice is beer. Like I really, if I'm playing music, I want to, I want to have a beer. So, and since I play a lot of music, that's a lot of beer. That's a lot of beer. (laughs) But you know, I'm not thinking, I'm thinking about this moment and how I'm enhancing supposedly, not that I play any better if I drink beer, but it's enhancing my current experience but tomorrow I'm going to be a little more sluggish. I'm going to, you know, be a little more puffy. I'm going to just have that. Like, why, why did I need to have that? I really didn't need to have that. So I think it's this defiant. Well, I could like a immediate gratification. I want to feel good now. I can't guarantee I'm going to feel good later. How do I know for sure? And we do know that if we do certain habits, it feels a lot better to have money in the bank than not having money in the bank. Feels a lot better than buying something or being spontaneous or, you know, I would use the word irresponsible. That's not a great word about how I'm spending my money now or eating my food now. Absolutely. And I have a literal teenager in my house. And one of her favorite things to say is YOLO, you only live once, you know, when I'm like, huh, sure there's a lot of sugar I'm seeing you ingesting today. YOLO. I'm like, mm, okay, you're right. We only live once, but I would like to see that you want to have this life be this one healthy life with that. <laughs> and so similar with money, I'm just as I'm looking at you and certain memories are coming back, it's actually taken me way back to college. And I remember when I got my first credit card and gosh, darn it, like the things I know now that, you know, I guess I'm glad I I had to learn along the way, blah, 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 blah. However, (laughs) I will just say I got that first credit card and it felt like freedom to me. I remember I got like a $500 credit limit First thing I did was went to the mall because of course I'm a freshman. I got to look cute. And then, you know, sadly learned, well, I didn't really have the money to pay that back. Cause again, I'm a freshman <laughs> and didn't have a job. <laughs> it's weird how they, then you get a bill at the end of the month. What, what is that? And that's funny. They do know. I mean, I'm not, not about the blame game, but it's exactly what they're targeting. Let's give her just, that seems like a manageable amount of money, $500. Let's give her that amount of money. And then you spend it and by the time you're done with it all. It's not $500. Exactly. <laughs> We're going to get her hooked with this little bit of credit, just like the sugar that, that I will get on my soapbox for a moment. Just, you know, the marketing and the targeting towards children with the sugar, like, very similar. They're like, well, we're going to feed you all this information. I call it health washing. Like, oh, look at these Honey Nut Cheerios. They have oats in them. It's great to help your heart. But then you turn it over, you look at the label and there's like a ton of sugar in there. So it's like, there's nothing healthy about Honey Nut Cheerios. No. Ah, and the, so. the other one that you remind me of is the eat dessert first. Mm. Eat dessert first. And I will, I will admit my little sugar thing is Immediately after I eat lunch, I'm like, where's the chocolate? I want to know where the chocolate is. And that's why we've gone through multiples of bags of chocolate chips. You know, I just go and get a little bit. But 
you, if, but I know that I need to nourish my body first, like, okay, have a couple of chocolate chips. So who am I, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying don't ever eat chocolate chips. I'm saying, although it's not great to do that, but, but you know, this eat dessert first is this like, you're entitled, you deserve it. Eat dessert, YOLO. And well, we're just not considering. And I'm, I'm curious about that idea. Like what would have me think that I'm better off spending the money or eating the whatever. There must be some conversation underneath it that says, well, I'm probably never going to have a lot of money anyway. Well, I'm probably never going to really have that healthy body that I desire anyway. So eh, let me just let me just do this now because it feels good in the short term because we can't guarantee it'll mm -hmm. feel better in the end. Ah, so this is the perfect time to segment into an invitation for you. But we are heading to Tamarindo, Costa Rica this coming February. You can find all the information at michellefox.com forward slash retreat. And I am talking to you, especially my friend over 40. You are ready to hit the reset button. You are ready to be pampered. You are ready to be in a circle of like-minded women where you get ample solo time and then plenty of time for a connection as well. Come on over to michellefox.com forward slash retreat and plan on packing your bags to join us in Costa Rica. Well, I'm glad you just used the word guarantee because as a business coach, I imagine a lot of us raising my hand here, not saying this was me in particular. However, a lot of us, when we are starting our businesses and we're seeking a business coach to, you know, help us find the way, like we are kind of looking like a guarantee, like Liz, give me your, you know, crystal ball. Tell me what my business is going to look like and how much money I'm going to make. And so how do you walk people through as far as one, calming our nervous systems <laughs> and two, and I promise I'll let you talk in a moment, but I have to say related to this, it's been a while, but every once in a while, I still hear your voice in my head saying, it takes the time it takes. Like that's my favorite coach Lizism <laughs> is it takes the time it takes. So Back to you. When a newbie comes to you, it's like, oh my gosh, I have all these great ideas. Tell me, how, how can I make it happen? What are some of the things that you start with? Yeah, that's a great question. And this is why marketers use the words easy in their marketing. They use the words step-by-step. -step. They use the words formula, system. These are all words new entrepreneurs want to hear because they want to know what the system is. And again, relating it back to food, well, we do know that like you're gluten-free and whereas I'm sure that gluten has an impact on all people, it doesn't have the same impact on me that it has on you. Obviously, I don't have the same allergic reaction, okay? So that would be like you coming to, you know, me coming to you going, oh, Michelle, help me get healthy. And you'd be like, cut out gluten, meaning that's the answer. Now, I'm not saying that isn't the answer for a lot of people, but it's probably not the answer for everybody. So business coaching is very similar to that or any kind of coaching is. So whereas I, I've, I have a method, which is to have a clear vision, 
you need strategic action, and then you need to uncover the hidden barriers and the mindset issues and do all three of those things in order to begin to see results. So it's a three-part system. People say, okay, so I can handle that in like three months, right? I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I'm going to be making six figures every month six. straight in like three months, right, coach? Six, six <laughs> figures in 60 days, mm-hmm. you know, six figure mm-hmm. funnel, nine, you know, whatever it is. Drives me crazy because there's so much to it. Now, if you do just like anything, if it, it does take the time that it takes. So it can feel very, very frustrating at first because you want it to be going faster than it is. But if you, I'm sure many of your listeners, if they're interested in food, are probably also gardeners or those types of folks. You would never go out in April and dig up your garden and then plant your seeds in May. You know, I think you're supposed to wait till after Mother's Day. I forget the rule. And you plant them, right? And then you wouldn't go and stand across the, you know, looking at your garden going, well, where's my tomato plant? Where's my tomatoes, people? Where's the bit... You know, and everything grows at a different rate and you're going to get zucchini way before you're going to get tomatoes and you're going to get way too much basil and all that's going to happen. But it only happens at this rate that it happens. So along the way, there's maintenance to do. You guys still got to water it, still got to weed it. You got to pay attention because sometimes little beans pop up and then then they're too big. You know, you got to do have to pay attention. So growing a business is very similar to growing a a garden. And, but you would laugh if I were to say to you, so after two days after you, or even a month, a month after you plant your garden, just go out. It'll all be there. You'd be like, no, it wouldn't, you know, no, (laughs) no. In fact, (laughs) just uh, two weeks ago, I planted some beets from seed. This is my first time. So fingers crossed, because I actually am that one that goes out every morning, like, do I see any sprouts yet? Do I see any sprouts yet? And I still don't. So (laughs) I feel like you're calling me out right now, coach. (laughs) But the other thing is, is that, you know, what do they say? The watch pot never boils, right? So there's a way in which we, it would be fine if, if what you did is you went out and said, Oh, I wonder if there are any beet sprouts. Nope, don't see any. Okay, let me go on through my life. We don't do that. We go, oh, there's no, there's, wait, there's no, they, that package said seven to 10 days. That package said seven. I don't see any, no, wait, is that a grass or is that what? Oh my goodness, did I plant them wrong? I think I might've planted them wrong. Were they too deep? They said an eighth of an inch. I think I might've, did I water them enough? Did I not water them and the right, we're not even letting the beets just grow in peace for crying out loud. Like just the beets. <laughs> <laughs> and then we like we like the beets or we don't like the beets. Oh, the beets is too big. It's knobbly. It's too small. I mean, you know how much food gets wasted in this in this country just because it looks bad. Mm-hmm. It's nothing to do with taste. Just you've seen these like ads for ugly fruit and people are saying. And by the way, quick side note, do you know that's why baby carrots were invented? Do you know how baby carrots came to be invented? No, please. You know those me. little plastic bag of like, they call them baby carrots? Yeah, we get them at Costco because my kids plow right through them. Right. Yes. <laughs> okay. There was, I read it was an obituary of a man that basically invented them. He grew carrots and he had to throw away about a third of his carrots because they didn't look like 
you see in the, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't just not carrots don't only just grow in one direction. Sometimes they grow knobbly and, and people wouldn't buy them. So he bought a string bean machine, a string bean cutting machine. And he figured out how to get the string bean cutting machine to peel and cut the carrots and round off the edges. And he called them baby carrots. Brilliant. I mean, (laughs) millions more of those who buys just unpeeled carrots these days. I mean, I'm sure some people do, but not nearly as many. Oh my goodness. No, thank you for sharing that. That makes perfect sense. Like I knew baby carrots came from big carrots, but I didn't know the origin story. So thank you for sharing that with us. No no more ugly carrots. So he was able to save a lot of his crop Mm. and therefore make more money. So now I want to go back to what you said about planning, because I know for me and my work with you, you sat me down and you're like, we are going to block off the next five years. And I shouldn't even say block off, plan out. And it was beautiful. Like I had never sat down and like thought about my next five years in that much detail. And then also to have a witness across the screen from me holding space, like that was so powerful. And it did such an amazing job at healing my nervous system. And so you did that plan for me. And then for my clients, I strongly recommend they do meal planning to keep them on the straight and narrow so that they can make the choices that they truly do want to make for their bodies. And so when we're talking about the intersection between money and food, I think planning is one huge tool. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you would never get in a car with your GPS and just put in a random address or not use your GPS. Like, well, I'm just going to drive around for a while. And you've driven a lot. You put some miles on your car. You've used up some gas, but you didn't, you either got someplace you weren't expecting, or you really didn't get anywhere at all. And so it's actually two parts. The, as I mentioned earlier, the, the system, my method begins with the vision. And that's what we did when we started. We did a, what I call a vision roadmap, which is let's just think about what would we want it to look like five years from now. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't have to look that way eventually. So for an, as an example, I have thought, I want to be going around to music festivals and in my RV, I want to, I want to be going and spending my life just driving around in an RV. But I, I realized after I got the RV that I probably really didn't want to do that. I really just wanted to go to a few more music festivals in the summer so that I would feel like I had the freedom to be able to to do that. So I do, so how I envision it and the reality of what it comes to once I actually bought my RV and had the experience of being in the RV and driving it, which is a lot of fun, but that's okay. So the planning of it gets you moving in the right direction. And then you can make adjustments as you go along. Hmm, that's so powerful. And as you mentioned the RV, that actually brings me back to what you said about wanting this third guitar. I think I need to hear both stories. So one, I've always known you as Coach Liz, the ukulele player. So that's one. 
So clearly now it's Coach Liz, the guitar player. <laughs> and then two, I want to talk about if you want that guitar, how can we get you that guitar? Right. So let's go back 40 years. So mm-hmm. I am, I'm a singer. I've always, my whole life I've sung. Now it's not my profession, but I have, I've always And I always wanted a guitar because I always wanted to be the one that was, I I saw the people that were doing that playing and they were like the ones people wanted to be with because they were, they were bringing joy to the, to the collective fire pit experience. You know, they were bringing Mm. joy. And so I never learned how to play the guitar. So number one, first of all, it wasn't nearly as hard. Like I tried, oh, hers, my fingers. Like when I think back to the things that kept me from learning, like I didn't own a guitar. Okay, go buy one. There's, I just was on Craigslist earlier. There were like $50 guitars everywhere. I mean, you, can, <laughs> you want a guitar, you can find a guitar. <laughs> so then finally, a friend of mine said, you know, I keep hearing you talk about this. You should play the ukulele. It's a lot easier. And I could show you right now. So I said oh okay and it turned out actually that it was a lot easier it's only four strings not six it's a lot smaller quite portable very easy to play and I got very good at it I mean I didn't get like virtuoso good at it but I got what it did was it gave me an opening to understanding that it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be so all those conversations just about how I couldn't do it. I realized it was silly, but it was an incremental, I'm all about incremental progress. Take one step. You know, sometimes the problem with six figures in the 60 days is that it's, that's a big mountain to climb. Mm -hmm. How about let me get my first client or let me just not eat sugar today. Or, you know, like, let's go with incremental. So once I learned the ukulele, then world started opening up for me because that's when I started playing bluegrass. And that's mm-hmm. when I started getting more, more and more musical opportunities to play. More and more people encouraging me to play the guitar, try a different instrument. And then one day I discovered that many of the chords on the ukulele are actually similar to the way they are on the guitar. But I had to learn the chords on the ukulele first. In other words, it seemed intimidating on the guitar, but it wasn't intimidating on the ukulele. So as I, as I was mentioning to you earlier that before we started recording, in the bluegrass world, the ukulele is not a particularly well-respected instrument. And there are very few women in the bluegrass world, which is really a damn shame because there's a lot of really talented women musicians. But I go to these jams, mm-hmm. it's all men. Just great. I love men. I just don't, I just would like some women too. Right. And I, I just wasn't getting the respect. So I decided to learn how to play the guitar. And immediately after I decided that I said, because I need to take some lessons, I said to my friend, Hey, do you have an extra guitar? Because, you know, I need a guitar. So, oh, my neighbor's giving one away. Uh-huh. Within two days, I had a guitar and then I just said, okay, now I'm ready for the next thing. I'm, I'm ready to, to do that. Now, the if, if it weren't for bluegrass, I probably would still be doing the ukulele. I do own five of them. I got that guitar for free. So that was guitar number one. And then there's this vintage guitar that my dad's 
girlfriend had she passed away and I said I'll take that guitar so I have two but powerful manifester I need to like pause and put that out there because I know that's part of your work as well the Um, manifestation so nicely done ask no the first step is to ask ask powerfully ask for what I want and I said do you have a guitar I was willing to borrow it and then there was a free one so but like anything else, you want to get better. So you want a guitar that's better suited for you. I don't need another guitar. I just would like one. So I would please, please universe, send me a three-quarter size guitar. My hands are a little smaller. Yeah. Well, bam. Now that you have an audience and you have witness, that guitar is yours. I have a feeling that guitar is going to be in your hands before this episode even goes live. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. That'll be interesting to see if it does. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I brought that part up as far as, you know, how we can get you that third guitar is to that point. Exactly. I know part of your journey has been in the manifestation world. And so for my friends who are listening, who are like, well, that sounds fun. Like maybe they don't necessarily want a guitar, but maybe they want, I don't know. How about some new fancy shoes? And they're saying that to themselves, like, I don't need the fancy shoes, but it would be nice to have like, I want my friends to have whatever they want. Do you have one or two tips that they can take along with them to, to manifest? Yeah. I think you said the first step was ask. So asking powerfully. So the first asking step powerfully. is ask, okay. right? write that down. And it brings to mind the so Wayne Dyer. He's, he's no longer with us, but he does a lot of his work is around abundance and says there's three, le- three, I'm paraphrasing. There are three levels of manifestation. Level one is I want a yellow umbrella from Burma. So I go online and I buy a yellow umbrella from Burma. The second level of manifestation is I want a yellow umbrella from Burma. It's hard to say. And then I find out my friend is going to Burma and I ask them to bring me an umbrella back and they do. The third level of manifestation is I want a yellow umbrella from Burma. I come home and on my steps is a yellow umbrella from Burma. So it's really, and he says, abundance is not what you acquire. It's what you tune into. Mm. So we all have this, those experiences of, oh, I needed a red scarf and I was in the subway and I found a red scarf or I needed a ride and somebody offered it before I asked. So we have that. We all have that ability. So what I want you to know is one, one is not better or easier than the other. If the way to get the expensive shoes is to be, you want them and you go online and you buy them. Okay. But speaking of money, that may or may not be feasible for you. So what other places? I think this is one way that we limit ourselves in what we receive is because we don't creatively imagine, well, where are all the places these shoes could come from? Especially Um, in this world of Amazon, where you just click a button and it's here in four hours. (laughs) That definitely, I think, hampers some creativity. Yeah. But carry on. Yeah. So one of my favorite things in the whole world is to go on Craigslist and look through the free or to give away things on the free site. As a matter of fact, I have two pairs of vintage dress shoes in my 
possession right now that I'm ready to let go of that I've posted for free. So there are shoes on the internet right now <laughs> waiting for you to get them if you live in New York City. Um, but but also the there's the buy na- buy nothing local Facebook groups where you can just post things. So, so there's a whole world of of a way there, there's so much abundance. What it is is it's a matter of remembering there's so much abundance in this world. And that what you want is available to you. And it, in fact, it's coming for you. So you ask for it. And then this, not the, it's not the second step, but the third step to creating it is to receive it, to receive mm-hmm. it graciously. Because a lot of times it's coming to us and we don't, we're very conditional on how we receive things. Oh, I don't, you know, just using the shoe example. I don't know the shoes. I've wanted pink, but those are more rose, you know. Okay, don't accept them if you really don't want rose shoes, but know that shoes are coming to you. Mm-hmm. And in our conditionality of receiving, we often repel exactly what it is that we want. We do this in relationship quite a bit, actually. Mm-hmm. Very conditional. So are you familiar with human design? Yes, I'm familiar with it. Yeah. So in that, I'm a manifesting generator. So I feel like a lot of the work I've done, I know how to call in what I want. To your point, when you're saying the third point is receiving, I feel like I need to kind of call myself out so that just in case some of my friends can see themselves in this example, which is just last week, I was out to lunch with a few girlfriends and my friend Barb was like, Michelle, I got this. And I'm like, oh, ha, no, no, no. I've got the cash. Here's the cash. And as I went to grab my cash, like something like pinged in my head. I'm like, like, stop it. I'm like, this is a gift. So I just like put my hand down and I turned back to her. I'm like, thank you. And so it just kind of made me giggle because I feel like I've come so far. And like here in this moment, you know, is this beautiful gift? And I wasn't in that receiving space for some reason. So, but I caught myself. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so that that's is, just one example that is a, a great example because we've all been there oh you yeah. sure really you know I went out with a client met her she was in the city and so I was like oh great let's go and have a, a quick coffee you know so I said oh of course this is on me she said no no it's business trip it's on me now I could have sat there and argued with her what would have been the point oh thank you you know let me just say thank you I want money. I want money. So when somebody gives me money, okay, give it. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Here's here's another example. I created these music books of of songs, of bluegrass song books. Fun. And bluegrass song, a song book of bluegrass songs. And so I would print them for myself. And over time, you know, people would say, oh, you know, can I have one of those or whatever? And people were offering me, you know, money. So I was like, yeah, sure. Okay. And so I probably made, you know, I don't know, 500 bucks, something. I don't know how much from now. I just, I, and now I'm to the point where I have grown my email list around because I organize jams and I just put it right at the bottom. I have songbooks, And then if you want one, let me know. And I just put $10 requested in it. And people happily, they want to give me that money. They happily, oh my God, it's the best thing ever. They have the book, they go away. They know, now they know what songs are. They're so happy. I'm like, thank you. And I could go through the whole thing of like, oh, I should just give it for free. You know, it didn't really cost me. 
no, I, that was a lot of time and effort and printing and binding, you know. And it's part so, of your gift. Like it, you should be compensated for your gifts. I created it. It was a lot to do that. So just looking at these ways in which we receive conditionally, we receive money conditionally. And, and I would, you know, again, to relate it back to food too, it's like, how well are you receiving the health of your body? how 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 embrace how embracing are you with taking care of yourself and receiving that you know people talk about self-care okay i'm not an expert in that area by any stretch but you know i want to i want to receive that experience that's really what it is and we're in a way we're very we're blocking that why would we block abundance people do we all do it Mm. well you are an amazing guide to help us to stop doing that and an incredible coach in so many ways and so for my friends who are either thinking about getting into business or who are in business where can they come find you Yes. My website is Liz Wolf Coaching. So in case you didn't get the joke earlier, I did grow up on a sheep farm and my last name is Wolf. So there, there you go. Wolf's the name, sheep's the game. But my last name does have an E, Liz Wolf with an E. And what I would love to invite everyone to do, it's a free on my website, is a quiz that you can do if you're interested. And it's it's really about leadership styles, but it's your CEO type. So you could take the quiz even if you aren't in business because it'll tell you about your leadership style. And so there are four entrepreneur types, CEO types, and it is a quiz that will help you to figure out that. So if you have areas of your business that, or, or around finances, et cetera, that you're struggling, then it will help you because it'll show you what your strengths are and it'll show you where some of your areas of development are for that. So, and it's a fun quiz. So I, I invite you to jump on there and take that. Mm, thank Great. you. I will absolutely add that to our show notes. Yeah. And in perfect coach Liz form, we covered a whole lot in a small amount of time. And I could honestly continue talking to you, but I want to be respectful. Thank you. That's all I can say right now. Thank you for sharing with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I love it. And everything you're doing is amazing. So keep going. Consider yourself officially invited to join us in Tamarindo, Costa Rica this coming February, February 28th through March 3rd to be exact. And I want to ask you something. Are you ready to be completely pampered? Well, prepare to be amazed by our exquisite villa in the charming town of Tamarindo, which will include a massage and a private chef. All of that in the most important agenda, which will be for you to relax. Imagine going to sleep with the sounds of the ocean and the trickle of your private plunge pool every evening. Picture a completely supportive environment that helps you return to you. Your imminent relaxation, my friend, is my command. Let me pamper you. 
Join us. Go to michellefox.com forward slash retreat for all of the juicy details and consider joining us. I would sincerely love having you in this circle. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to Nourish. Have you been driving, doing laundry, or walking around the neighborhood? Sweet. I've got show notes for you. Hop on over to michellefox.com forward slash podcast when you are ready. I will let you know that on the page, you will find resources to support what you've just learned on today's show. And then of course, you can grab some health supportive freebies as well. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be honored if you would leave a review on whichever podcast platform you are listening on. It will help me with my mission to build healthier communities one person at a time, and it will help you because you will be part of that mission. I'll be back next week, and I encourage you to keep showing up for yourself and know that you and your health matter. Big love.